the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I am the aforementioned Rob Black. My background is roughly 25 years of doing financial media radio, which turned into podcasts, which turned into TV shows and such. Um, Am I smarter than you? Probably not. Do I work harder and understand finances better than you and money? Probably. Give or take a couple, how shall we say, people in the industry who are listening to the show. Um, I'd take you on in financial jeopardy. I don't have a big ego. I come from a fairly working class family, or maybe you'd say lower middle class. Um, But I've done good. I've done well. My goal is to get people to retirement. At one point in time, my goal was to beat the system, beat the stock market. I looked at people like Warren Buffett, and I don't want to say I laughed, but I was like, I could do better than him, which is just the foolish thing that you could ever say. He does something incredibly simple. If you want to be like Warren Buffett, you be incredibly simple. First and foremost, you can buy the company that he manages because you can then be just like Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world. Not because he was smart with the timing of his investments, because the amount of time he was in his investments. So that should be racing around your head a little bit. Like, what did he just say about Warren Buffett? Uh, Buffett's simple. He's all about cash flow. He likes the concept of selling you a $1.50 soda which costs three cents to make. He likes the idea of selling you a Dairy Queen freeze for four or five dollars that cost ten cents to make. He likes the concept of men always grow whiskers. Men like to shave for work or maybe for love. So what's better than buying a razor that costs two or three cents and selling it for Buck fifty, two bucks, three bucks, four, five, fifty, whatever the new razor is. Which brings me to my thought of the day. My thought of the day goes back to the Super Bowl. Remember the good old days when uh, Gillette would come out with a new mock razor? And it was always during the Super Bowl they'd announce it and it has this amazing lighting. And it would like twirl in three sixty degrees and lights would hit the you don't need one razor, you don't need two razors, you need three razors and a back razor to get everything perfect. Uh, did Rob just say back razor? Ooh. Um, we're sold a lot of crap we don't need. Just take a look at your Christmas shopping. Um, I was buying a wireless station for my boys um, for their Xbox controllers. And there's one that has like slots for two more batteries. You can hold two more batteries in case you need to swap out mid-match. It's like $14 more for the two batteries. And I'm like, that sounds like a good idea. What if it's mid-match and they need to swap out two batteries for two batteries? And I thought about it. I'm like, why not just have them take a break? 
I didn't need to spend that extra 15 but I was pretty darn close. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Interesting day on Wall Street. Lots going on. Stocks open lower across the board. December's turning out to be a December not to remember. But the Federal Reserve's doing their part. They said, we're going to hold rates steady. And we may not raise rates uh, for quite a while. They do not expect meaningful policy communication. Um, as of yesterday, a federal funds futures were priced a 99.3% chance of Fed holding rates steady. So that's consistency. I like that. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone you loved and uh, they hold on to the one mistake you ever made? Remember that time you forgot my anniversary? My birthday, my our anniversary? Yes, I remember. You're out with your friends. You came home smelling of coffee and what? <laughs> and baby wipes. Yes, I remember. She goes, I know what the coffee and baby wipes are for. I'm like, yes, I remember. So if anyone needs to know what coffee and baby wipes are for, please contact me on why your wife would not be happy. Anyway, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Looking at stocks, I see mixed stocks. It's not like down red, or it's not like up all green. I see some winners and losers out there today. Bring that up, not because it's terribly important. Um, I think I bring that up for reasons of, it's not a broad sell-off at this point in time. It's not like everyone's going down with a ship. Um, other big stories of note, House Democrats unveiled two articles of impeachment against Trump, charging him with abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. I'm a little checked out on that right now. I ebb and flow on politics, and I understand that there's a real big reason why you want me to, like, study it for you. Uh, but it burns me out. I'm just not a political kind of mind. House Democrats announced two articles of impeachment. The House Judiciary Committee's Chairman Jerry Nadler. Jerry said the articles accused Trump of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Um, hmm. I don't have a lot more on that at this point in time. I will note that as you're seeing Nancy Pelosi talk about it, the market's not panicking. And that's a little bit of a relief. I mark demon known versus demon unknown. I think we've known that this is coming. People are going to get upset. They've had a chance, right? Apple suing its former lead chip designer after he quit to set up his own chip company. Ooh. That's an unhappy Tim Cook. The chief architect of iPhone and iPad chips quit the firm to start his own processing design firm called Nuvia, which targets data centers. Uh, Nuvia raised $53 million, $53 million from backers including Dell, who's co-founded by ex-Apple engineers John Bruno and Manu Ujulati, alongside Williams. Courts. That is really difficult to gauge from investors' sentiment. PG&E, courts. Bankruptcy. It's really tough to gauge. a lot about art recently and invest in modern art or it's it's gonna be pretty tough for you to 
to invest in some of the classics, right? Um, but Banksy is a guy who I really, really dig, and he, he's got a new one. And I want you to think of everything as assets, and that's why I'm talking about this for just one minute. Indulge me. Banksy made a powerful statement about homelessness by turning a public bench into a Santa sleigh. Now, I'm a big fan of Banksy. Um, he has a... He has, he sees a homeless guy sleeping on a bench with four or five book bags, backpacks. Book bags. Why do I call it a book bag? Interesting. I wonder if my stroke has finally happened. Wouldn't it be great if I had a stroke and I had like a German accent come out of it? And I kept saying, nine! So anyway, um, it's a homeless man sleeping on a bench. And Banksy has a brick wall behind it. He, he paints on two reindeers flying in the air. And it looks like... Santa sleeping on a bench or a sleigh. Banksy's awesome. And again, just start thinking of things. I want you to buy stocks and bonds first. I want you to buy stocks, bonds, and real estate first. But at some point in time, if you go up in Granny's attic, is that in your window? Granny's attic for crazy. You might find a mural. You might find a painting. You might find baseball cards from your youth. Those two can be assets. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Hello, hello, mate. This is the time of year where it's up to you to come up with the right holiday gift. And I own stocks, and I've given stocks before as a gift. That's cute. But another angle that I like to talk about on occasion with gifts is I tend to like to, to invest. Well, no, no. I tend to like to support the companies that I invest in. My iPhone is well paid off past the two-year mark. New phones from Apple don't interest me. Um, according to the worldwide shipment data. It doesn't clearly interest the world wherever one seems to be waiting for the 5G phone. Perhaps I'd get a new phone if the screen folded rather than snapped in half. Uh, I don't think of the, the, the folding screen. I don't need. So that's not all that in a bucket of chicken to me. I don't think that I need it yet. But do you remember when you first saw AirPods? You're like, I don't need those. I like the wire that goes into my phone, and that's that comes with the phone. It's free. Mm, not so much. So iPods did really, really well. Now, for holiday gifts, do you want to get iPods? Do you want to get a computer, a camera, ebook reader, headphones, tablet, AirPods, or wireless buds? Um, one of the hottest gadgets this year is something that you didn't even know that you needed. It was only introduced three years ago, the AirPods. And the new ones aren't that dramatically different than the original. A little bit better sounding, but again, paying 250 plus tax for listening to your music on your phone. Woo! That's pricey. For a $1,000 phone, or if you have a one that's a couple years old, maybe a $600 phone to pay 250 for the, the speakers. When you could get away with it for free. I've got a friend who posted on Facebook the other day. I will call her Sarah because her name is Sarah. 
Um, she's getting the man of her, the man she loves, AirPod Pros for Christmas. Um, I was like, hope you already ordered them because they're sold out. But you can get them at a markup, which is even crazier at places like eBay and sometimes Amazon. But what's interesting to note about that is I tend not to be a grump or a, a nuge. Um, she's probably not saved much for retirement. Her and her, her love. She's a funny one. She refuses to get married. She always gets engaged but never gets married. And I don't know what that's all about. Um, but I could tell you she has a daughter from a guy that she never got engaged to. She dated, got pregnant, decided he wasn't the right guy, so kind of shuffled him out of her life, then got engaged twice in a row. Uh, but she's getting 250 I'm like, have you, your daughter's in high school now. Have you thought about paying for college? No, 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 no. Don't ask that question. Have you thought about retirement? Because now you're 45, 40, you're no longer 20, 25. No, 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 no. I'm like, why are you buying $250 AirPods? It's hard to blame companies for getting, you know, uh, their messaging right on. Will the next big tech thing that goes under the tree be something along the lines of a 5G phone, smart glasses, or will it be the Microsoft and Sony new game consoles next year? That's what we have to look forward to. We kind of know smart glasses are coming sometime soon. A lot of people expect Apple to delay until about 2022, what they could get out in 2020. But they want to get the technology right so they're not made a laughing stock of, like Samsung when they came out with that folding phone that was, oh, it snapped in half. Oh, I wasn't supposed to take the film off and it cracked. So regulations going on in big tech companies, and they need to continue to kind of innovate and show Congress not to regulate us. Microsoft has been regulated in the past pretty aggressively in the 90s for anti-competitive practices. And yet what they did was they spent a decade tinkering and figuring out and updating and figuring out and tinkering and evolving the cloud trying to make Windows stable and re- reinvigorating PCs on some level. Um, now Microsoft, after coming out of that regulation period, they're the most valuable public company in the world, give or take $31 billion on any daily basis. So, I don't know what to tell you to get for Christmas. Um, SoftBank, you may remember them as having a massive investment in WeWork, which was... A disaster as the WeWork IPO flopped in 2019, going from a $50 billion potential market valuation to less than $4 billion and not even coming public. SoftBank had put a lot of money into that company. Well, they're cutting their, they've cut their stake heavily in it, but they're also cutting a stake heavily now in WAG, which is a dog walking startup. Hmm. Seems to me like SoftBank has a thing for these tech companies. Uh, hoping that you're the stupid one to buy it from them. Dog walking, probably not up there with 5G. It's important. We spend billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars on our pets. But from an investment perspective, uh, 
not quite as much of a story, in my opinion. Apple's going to speak to CES this year. That's pretty interesting to me. It tells me that timing must be something. It also tells me that Steve Jobs is dead and buried because he hated CES. Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. I would be interested to see who they have speaking. And when I find out that it's Jane Horvath talking privacy issues, I'm like, ah. So that's not going to be the glasses or something cool that I I want. It's not going to be the long-awaited Apple TV. You know why there's going to be no Apple TV? Well, A, because they're streaming devices. That can be updated much easier than TV. And B, because Americans hold on their TVs for 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years. And watch, now tomorrow, Apple's going to announce a TV and I'm going to have to destroy this tape. Pretend it never happened. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. A lot of great downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. Print them out. Read them over the holidays. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I intentionally waited to make a call on the markets today. We started lower. We've moved a little higher. We're getting a little bit closer to that big December 15 line in the sand day between the United States and China on tariffs. And America blinked. USA blinked, saying, maybe we don't have to put those into effect quite on the 15th. So the market's reversed. Let's bring in briefing.com and talk a little bit about what we're seeing out there and the big picture, so to speak. That's a play on words, so to speak. Patrick O'Hare, how are you today? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, what do you think about um, the markets kind of seesawing and that December 15th tariffs seems to be the line in the sand where if we push them off, maybe we go higher. If we enforce them, maybe we go lower. I know that's kind of easy tea leaf reading, but (laughs) am I on to something? Gosh, you know, I just make it all in, Rob. Okay, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's been quite the um, you know headline back and forth, and um, you know, in the market, I think understandably, given the run that it's been on in these final days leading up as to whether there is actually going to be the implementation of this tariff on Sunday, um, you know took a little bit of a defensive turn yesterday and, you know, more cautious-minded action, which you saw in the pickup in the uh, CBOE volatility index. Um, so, you know, at this juncture, when you hear the news that uh, that there might be a deal to delay those tariffs, great. It's, you know, the sense of headline relief, but it really isn't a huge surprise to the market, which I think is trading pretty rationally right now as it relates to this trade matter, because the baseline scenario uh, was was always that there was going to be, you know, I I think, I shouldn't say always, but that there was predominantly going to be a decision to delay these tariffs because they would, you know, not be good, uh, certainly from our vantage point, given the time of year that they'd be put on. So, so the reaction hasn't been like a rocket ship here to this news that, that, that we might be, you know, moving toward, you know, some type of delay. And, you know, by the same token, though, um, you know, the president himself hasn't you know, concurred with this reporting either. Um, you know, White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney simply said that, you know, talks, a lot depends on how those talks continue to go and that they are moving in the right direction. So, again, giving some sense that, you know, we might be able to avoid this short-term worst-case scenario. 
So let's do a prediction. We're going to hold you accountable. Santa Claus rally into the year, or will China turn this into a big upside down frown and just not going to happen? Yeah. Well, let's, you know, if I can, you know, make the assumption that we get this delay in the tariffs, um, then I would I would venture to say that we should get a Santa Claus rally at the end of the year. Um, you know, taking that literally as it relates to the stock market, a Santa Claus rally is, is really the last five trading days of the year and the first two of the new year. Um, tend to use it in a generic sense as if it's just kind of for the whole month of December rallying into, uh, you know, into the end of the year. But um, but I think, you know, the market has obviously priced in a lot of good news as it relates to the idea that uh, some type of deal will be struck between the U.S. and China um, in the in the near future, and therefore it hasn't traded in fear uh, of there not being one because you have a market that's sitting pretty much on the doorstep of a record high. So, um, yeah. so if we we do get this news that this tariff is going to be delayed uh, on Sunday, then um, then I think that the market will find a reason to uh, maintain that bullish bias into year end. Good to know. Um, so no Grinch. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But then again, it's been a pretty good year, so the Grinch could come and take half of it, and I'd still be thrilled as far as games go. Uh, do you think the impeachment process is going to... Uh, I don't know how to ask this question. Let's talk impeachment process and what investors should be doing. What's your thoughts? Well, not to sound flippant, but I don't think the market cares at all about the impeachment okay. process. Um, I think it has already resigned itself to this conclusion that uh, while you know articles of impeachment... You know, are being brought, and that the House Democrats are likely to vote in favor of those articles of impeachment. Uh, that uh, it's not going to pass muster, so to speak, in the Senate, and you're not going to see the president removed from office. And so it's, you know, it's uh, obviously um, a very newsworthy event. But when I look at things just from a market analyst standpoint, and seeing you know what the market has done. All through this entire process, you can you can make a simple deduction that the stock market has not been bothered by it at all, um, and I think that it will move past it, you know, while following the news. But um, shy of there being a uh, you know a vote to remove the president from office, I don't think the market's going to react, um, you know, demonstrably uh, in the face of this uh, impeachment issue. <laughs> I'm talking with Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. He's he and I, I have been talking. He and I have been talking for 20 plus years. It's a long time, and um, you do not disappoint. Um, let's talk a little bit more about. I think in one of your opening uh, page one articles that today you talked a little bit about Netflix getting some competitive pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Netflix user. Most of our listeners are probably Netflix users, but. I'm not married to it, so I, I certainly see the point. Any thoughts on Netflix getting a, a pretty big downgrade? Because I wanted to own it for five years, ten years. And then when it gets cheaper, I don't want to own it anymore. Wait, what's going on there? Right. Well, you know, it's a, it's, it's a challenging situation right now, I think, because it, 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 the writing is on the wall, clearly, that um, you know, that the competition is is has arrived, you know, and it's going to continue to uh, intensify, I think, as you have these very well-financed um, media companies out there um, that are, you know, going after the, you know, the same cohort and, uh, and you know, and ultimately, you know, consumers that have cut the cord with cable, you know, have recognized a tremendous savings, really. Um, and, you know, when they hit this point of deciding that all these 
kind of um, a la carte services that they're paying for are now adding up to what they would have paid previously for a cable bill, then that's when they start making some hard decisions as to you know what services they, they do want to keep. I think Netflix is still one of those services, but the ability of Netflix to raise its prices in the face of these this growing competition from other large media players that have very good content and are, are you know selling things at lower prices, you know if you get into a more difficult economic climate, um, then that could prove challenging in terms of Netflix's ability to continue to grow the subscriber base. So um, so it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds, and it's a you know challenging uh, investment case uh, at the moment. It's interesting to put it that way, because 10 years ago, we saw jobs contract in the United States. And I bet if we go back and look, companies like Netflix probably saw some cancellations more so than usual. And uh, we haven't had a correction in the job market in quite a while. So uh, or in the stock market, it will be interesting to see how the high flyers do in the next down market. But that's right. And, and if I could add, I mean, you also sometimes get a, quote, nesting effect when you get into those very difficult economic climates. So consumers do get more discreet about how they're um, um, more discerning, I should say, about how they spend their disposable income. And uh, and sometimes those in-home services provide a better entertainment value than they you know, would get otherwise by spending on more expensive services outside the home. So they can tend to be a little bit recession uh, resilient, not necessarily recession proof, but you know, it's certainly an advantage, I think, for some of these services in a more challenging economic climate. Sounds good. Now, you typically do a big picture column for briefing.com, and let me plug briefing ever so quickly here. It is a thorough investing website. I don't want to use the word investing quite only, but it talks about momentum, it talks about analysis, uh, big reports, uh, small IPO ideas, perspectives. Uh, economic calendars, which I kind of dig because it kind of gives me a cheat sheet on what to talk about that week. Um, IPO stock splits and much, much more. So people should check it out at briefing.com. In your big picture column, you kind of um, take away some of the daily noise and say focus, not focus, but pay attention to productivity or pay attention to jobs or pay attention to something special. What are you working on right now with the end of the year? Well, uh, the end of the year brings us to the uh, to the year ahead. Um, so, what I'm sure. working on is is that market view outlook, uh, and that'll be posted this Friday. And um, you know, and I think really that outlook is going to be oriented around you know three key tenants: um, you know, politics, the economy, and trade. And they're all interconnected, and they're all going to lead to uh, I think fits and starts in the in the year ahead as as the market tries to handicap what all of that means for the election outcome in 2020 and, and ultimately what that means for regulatory policy and, and, um, and a lot of other uh, issues. I do like this time of the year because we do kind of sit on it and think, what's up next? Election, trade war, slowing world economy. What are we going to do in 2020? Um, so that's kind of a nostalgic thing. Plays of the year in football are great, but checking out what we're going to do stock market wise also kind of a fun uh issue anything else that you want to hit on we've got about a minute minute and a half left sir um, you know, I think uh, as we look, uh, you mentioned the economic calendar earlier, Rob. I mean, it's um, something that's going to become a focal point here uh, in the next few days. Obviously, we have the FOMC making <clears throat> its decision tomorrow. That's, you know, they're going to stay on hold 
<clears throat> excuse me, but they're going to have some updated economic projections. And then on top of that, you have some key inflation data, the consumer and price index for November that's out on Wednesday ahead of that FOMC meeting. And then the retail sales report on Friday, which will give us a, a nice line into um, some of the discretionary spending activity in the month of November. And those are you know, key, key items to watch here as this, uh, the rest of this week unfolds. Thanks for being with us. Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. We're ticking towards the end of the year. His column, sometimes I, I hit on him beautifully and sometimes I miss a little bit today. It wasn't my best question day. But his page one is brilliant. Um, it's well written. It's concise. And it gives a good overview of what to expect as far as what's important being played as far as poker cards on a daily basis. Whether it be the trade war, productivity, knee-jerk reactions to you know trade-sensitive areas. Uh, good, solid stuff, uh, and even squeezed in the Netflix downgrade this morning as an important story, knowing that a lot of his readers have an interest in Netflix. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial. That's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. That's Briefing.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I have my puppy. I'm a dog guy. I used to be a cat guy. But it's big business. $72 billion plus dollars per year from tech gadgets to specialized veterinary care. As sometimes we have children, we want our children to grow up with pets so they can learn a little bit of responsibility. The old-fashioned slow way of picking up poop. Or uh, we just dump money into our pets uh, because we're delaying having children and Pets, four-legged friends, are quasi-children, right? Is that a good use of the word quasi? <laughs> Pets are quasi-children. Yeah. Um, but be careful of this trend. So there's not a lot of good investments. Uh, there was a company, VCA uh, Antec, years ago, ticker symbol Wolf, that if you've ever... There's two things that really, really frustrate me. Going to a dentist, not because I got janky teeth, but because the insurance never seems to work quite right. There's just not a lot of good insurance for dental coverage. And I'm probably wrong on that. It's not my area of expertise, so I do um, respectfully say I may not know everything. But I don't like going to dentists, and I don't like going to vets, because the lack of the insurance component makes me feel like Oh, boy. Let's wait till we see this bill. That's one of the reasons I say buy some floss. Take care of your teeth. Consider looking at the breed of dog that you get or cat that you get to see how expensive they are. And just know going in, right? It ain't cheap. It ain't free. You know that. Everyone knows that. So um, I guess you know that. Now, there was one, now, since VCA Antec's no longer public, there was one that really got me kind of interested a couple years ago. Not a couple years ago, last year. Um, I started reading about the company Chewy, because they, in their marketing, used the humanization of pets. Some people, when you open an account with them, some people get a, a portrait of their dog or cat. I don't know how that works, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, to humanize it. I know. I know. Uh, Chewy's in the news because they came public. They just recently reported their quarter 
where they lost 20 cents per share. Online pet product seller reported better than expected revenue, however, and raised its full year sales guidance. So still losing money. Um, Acquiring a client is a huge cost. Hiring an employee is a huge cost for businesses. But once you tend to get the client or the employee, if you did well, they may stay with you forever. But Chewy, in their push to get social media and humanization of pets, has spent a lot of money on the marketing. When you give someone a, a portrait of their, their dog or cat, it's not free. Someone pays for it. 52-week high is $40 a share. It's currently at $24. 52-week low is $21. It's currently at $24.25. Um, it's still not my kind of angle. There's just too many stories out there. There's too many good stock stories that I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. For instance, the Apple Card. You can now buy an iPhone in 24 monthly installments without paying interest. They, they had this thing where you would go into their stores and, and get a two-year installment plan that you had to get approved. It was a bit of a process. Uh, and then they try to sell you on the contract for repairs, which not a bad one if you're not going to use a case or not a bad one if you're a guy who tends to drop his phone in the toilet. Apple announced that it will offer a 6% discount on purchases at its retail stores until the end of December while using the Apple Card. That's twice the amount that they typically offer. So those AirPods or something along those lines, because the AirPods Pros are sold out, I do think, I don't know how this policy works at Apple. If you're going to go in and get purchase it now, do you get the discount if it's delivered in 2020? I don't know. But Apple monthly payments for a new phone from the Apple Store will get bundled into the minimum Apple Card payment in the iPhone's wallet section. Pretty smart. Except for they're also starting to become a tougher company to analyze because now they're lending. It's almost, and this is a very, very bad comparison. It's almost like a drug dealer saying, you want credit? (laughs) I'll give you credit for that crack you're about to take from me. See you tomorrow. Um, I'm not comparing an Apple iPhone to crack cocaine, or am I? I do think some people are addicted to technology. Uh, Exxon found not guilty in New York climate change case ending a four-year saga for the oil company. I don't know. And like Big oil to me is just not that interesting. It used to be. It's interesting because big oil's had a 30... Uh, oil's had a 30% move this year up. And yet there's not an investment that's really responding. Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos are betting on a flow battery technology different technology in the world of batteries. I go back to seventh grade science class where I had to build a battery. And it hasn't changed that much in the years and years and years that's out there. The U.S. energy storage market is expected to grow by a factor of 12 in the next five years. Holy mackerel! Let's stop and say that out loud again because that's eye-popping. The U.S. energy storage market is expected to grow by a factor of 12 in the next five years. Tesla and GM are making big bets on lithium-ion batteries for energy storage systems and electric vehicles. Billionaire investors like Bezos and Gates, venture capitalist firms, are investing in a company called Flow Batteries, looking for breakthroughs. 
So a U.N. report on climate change released recently amounted to a dire warning. Unless greenhouse gas emissions are drastically reduced and soon the planet faces dangerously and irreversibly high temperatures in the near future. 195 nations got criticized for the way they're creating power. We're seeing some countries do it right. We're seeing some countries do it wrong. We're seeing a lot right in the middle. Interesting to think about the investments. Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos have proven to me they're smart fellows. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up. You can learn more at Rob Black's show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free.